Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a Triad production. I'm your host, Charlie Dixon. My guest today is Topaz Adizis. Topaz Adizis is an Emmy Award-winning writer, director, and experienced design architect. He is an Edmund Hillary Fellow and Sundance Skull Stories of Change Fellow. His works have been selected to Cannes, Sundance, IDFA, and South by Southwest, featured in New York Magazine, Vanity Fair, and the New York Times, and have garnered an Emmy for new approaches to documentary and two World Press Photo Awards for immersive storytelling and interactive documentary. He is currently the founder and executive director of the Experience Design Studio, Skin Deep. We're excited to have Topaz with us today to share his book, 12 Questions for Love, a guide to intimate conversations and deep relationships, and his work with the Skin Deep, hosting over 1,200 conversations all over the world. Topaz, welcome to our show. We are so excited to have you here with us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Charlie. Absolutely. Congratulations on the recent release of your book, 12 Questions for Love. I I hear that it came out just a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. The beginning of the year. Thank you. And before we get into the book and what it's about and what led you there, I'm very curious about your YouTube series, The And Series. I've watched quite a few of them and they are very powerful and they really dig deep into relationships and and inviting people to come together and asking really vulnerable questions. And it seems to be that they're bringing relationships together. Where did the idea come from? You know, what were you trying to gain from it? You know, who are you trying to reach? Well, you know, the and really came out of the desire to explore humans being human and to create a space where people could explore their relationships by having conversations. And as many things kind of happen in life, or at least in my life, you know, one thing leads to another, leads to another, and then you discover this format, in this case, the and, that's really powerful and potent in sharing the stories of people's lives with others, with the people that they're in conversation with, but as viewers, it's really illuminating to watch. And for those who don't know, we, we've been around for 10 years. We filmed over 1,200 conversations. And the way the and works comes from two people facing each other, sitting in two chairs facing each other. And we give them questions to ask each other. And we film it with three cameras, a wide shot. So you see them both sitting in profile, staring at you know, talking to each other. But then we also have two close-ups on their faces. And we always show both faces at the same time. So it's a split screen where you're seeing both the person ask the question, the other person answering while you know the person who asks is, is listening, right? And I think that's a really powerful format. Well, A, because a lot is said beyond words, mm-hmm. right? A lot is said in people listening and reacting to what is said. And oftentimes what is actually happening, what is actually being communicated is different than what is actually said. Right. I agree. Somebody, yep. Right. And so this gives the viewer an opportunity to see both sides. And then they're also, as a viewer, you're projecting what you think is going on. And what also happens is actually it's a reflection to you of maybe the relationships in your life. Ooh, you know, I'm watching this video. <laughs> yeah. Am I like this person who's not listening to their partner? Am I like this partner who really listens to their partner? Mm-hmm. In what ways do I cut my partner off? In what ways do I support what they're saying? In what ways do I argue, you know? And, and it's a really powerful 
journey for us to be on for the last 10 years because of this community that we built in both in terms of the participants that come on to have these conversations, but also the community online, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and all, you know, Facebook, all that of seeing people being informed from conversations. And because we've been from here for 10 years, you know, we have people who come to do the end and tell us we have been informed by, for instance, Ben and Cedra. I saw Ben and Cedra have a conversation when I was in college. And now seven years later, I have a marriage and a relationship with a partner informed by seeing these other conversations, by informed by seeing how Ben and Cedra communicate, because now I know that's possible. And that has been a beautiful journey on this is creating the space for humans to be humans and sharing that in a really intimate way so that others can explore and deepen their own relationships. And nice. that has been a beautiful thing. So that actually brings me to a question. Where do the participants come from on the end? Like, where do you find them? Well, that's that one of the amazing things about this is that also oftentimes I'm sitting in the room where we're having these conversations and I just think, oh my God, this is amazing. Is There is many stories as there are of grains of sand in the beach. Every relationship has its own story, has its own world, has its own language. And there's something to be learned if you create the space and you ask good questions, well-constructed questions from any relationship. And I think that also pertains to the listener who's listening, to you, Charlotte, to me. We have these people in our lives and that we often maybe take for granted because, you know, you see them every day. It's your brother, your sister, your coworker, right? Your partner. And we don't really harness the richness that can come from our relationship. We're not mining the nutrients that are there. These are people in our lives that can reflect us back to us. Yeah. And how do you unlock that is by creating the space and asking good questions. And that's what's distilled in the book. And that's you know based on 10 years of doing the end, of, of holding the space for these conversations, of over 1,200 pairs participating. And that's really what I find I'm um, full of gratitude for that I have the opportunity to watch these experiences and where people come from is wherever we get them. I mean, okay. at this point, people fly across the country to do an ad production, which is really humbling. Yeah. People submit questionnaires and we really try to find new stories that we haven't covered before to add to our growing library of conversations. When we started, we pretty much took anybody who would be willing to do it. Okay. And and you said participants, but what you did not mention is that you and um, I watched one with you and your best friend and then one with your father as well. So oh. were these conversations that you had before with them or were they just specifically for your show? And what do you think you gained from putting it out there for the, for the public to participate in? Well, it's interesting. So l let me talk about my dad. My dad has done it twice with me once five years ago, about two weeks before a life-threatening surgery. And then he did it with me, what, about last year? Five years apart. Always a supporter and a fan. But, you know, when I first told him about the end, and maybe similar to your listeners here, I mean, what's the big deal? It's just conversation. It's just two people facing each other talking. You know, we have, we have card games. We have a live experience. We won an Emmy for New Approaches documentary for this interactive experience that we built. But my dad was always saying, I don't get it. So I'm like, what's the big, like, I don't get it. Like, what is it? And finally, I was able to bring him into a room, into an actual production where we sat across from each other and we had this conversation. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, my dad said, oh, my God, son, this is, now I get it. He's like, and now I'm going to be a little crude. But my father, he's, you guys should watch the videos, get a sense of his personality. He's, he's wonderful. Yes, but he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, son, this is like sex. You can describe it and people won't get it. Once you have sex, you get it. This is the end. 
And I think I think a lot of your listeners might be like, what is this? But what I <laughs> suggest is if you ask a really well-constructed question, don't have to be complicated, you open up a new door, a new space in the home of your relationship that you can explore anew. If you ask the same question, you're going to explore the same room over and over again. Why do we fight so much? Or why are you not listening to me? What if we asked, why do you think I sense that you don't listen to me? Oh, that's a new question. And by asking that question, I'm putting you in my shoes. And now you have to, right? We have to put it. That's a new question. That's a new space. Right. And that's, that is something that I think we, we, we've taken for granted, both in our relationship, but also in how to unlock these, the relationships in our life is by creating the space and by asking well-constructed questions. And that's been the learning from the end. And also, and you ask, you know, I've done this with one of, one of my very good friends, Justin, I've done it with my father. And I'll say this, and they'll say this, is that even though I've known Justin for 16 years, and my father, for, I'm 47 now, at the point it was 42 and 47 when we did it, we never had that conversation because we weren't posed with those kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. So don't take your relationship for granted, right? Ask new questions, discover your relationship anew in a different way. And that is an, a transformative power. It's a transformative power of human connection. How do we unlock it? Create the space and well-constructed questions. And that's what's all in the book. Absolutely. And you could even see in those videos just the just the transformation, the, the same word that you use, the transformation in the facial expressions and the body language and the looks on everyone's faces or even the high fives or the tears. You can feel it coming through the screen. I mean, I was up late watching on my phone like this is amazing. Right. So thank you for sharing that. It's, it was it was Absolutely. transforming to me and I could definitely see myself. Oh, thank in, you. In all parts of the the people that you you allow to be there for those conversations. Well, so thank I mean, you for sharing. thank you for saying that. But ultimately, my gratitude is for the participants. Mm -hmm. You know, what's beautiful about this project is it's this is the first time in ten years I'm putting myself out there. I haven't had I haven't had to do that because we haven't had a book and now there's an author of the book. Okay, I'm put, but this project is predicated on over 1,200 pairs of participants yeah. putting themselves out there having the courage to be vulnerable. And this whole project is based on their courage and their contribution. This project, this book, the learnings we have would be nothing without their courage. So kudos to them. You know, and that's, yeah. that's always something that my team and I come back to is it's, it's, it's about them who step in to the space of the ant and share themselves. And then as an extension of that, for the listener, for the people who buy our card games, who use the card games in their own lives, they're having incredible experiences. And we know that because they send us messages and they tell us that. Absolutely. Well, I will be buying. I can't decide which bundle I want to buy yet, but I will be definitely buying some. <laughs> yeah. Bring those those types of questions and, and conversations into my own relationships. So okay. getting kind of back to the book, what what about those 10 years of experience? Like, why did you want to write a book? Why did you want to come up with compiling those questions and how you felt about them? And what was the inspiration? Where did that come from? So about two years ago in a week in November, I got two emails in the same week. It has been eight years of doing the end. And in one week, two emails, two different publishing houses. The editors wrote me an email, said, I have one from New York, one from Seattle. And I thought, what is this about? Like, I've been around for eight years doing the work. We got an Emmy. We have all this stuff, you know, all these wonder, just journey. And why in one week, like what's going on in the zeitgeist? And, you know, and one of them, Jill, who was from Sasquatch Books, who's a part of Penguin Random House in Seattle, she was a fan of the Skin Deep for years, three, four years. She knew a lot of our videos. 
she knew the value of the ant. And she says, Topaz, I've been, I've been affected by this work. And I can only imagine what you've learned from holding the space at that point for the last eight years. Now it's 10. Can you share some of those learnings? What if we just, the brass tacks, very simple. If you had to choose 12 questions from the myriad that you created and held the space for, what would be the 12 questions you would choose to have a very cathartic conversation, a conversation that would change your relationship forever? And so that's what's in the book in a prescriptive label. Here are the 12 questions to ask. And then why does this work? It works because A, we create the space. What do I mean by that? Look, if tonight your partner comes home to you, Charlie, and goes, Charlie, why do you love me? You're not going to be wondering why you love your partner while you're washing the dishes. You're going to be wondering why they're asking you that yeah. question, why you're washing the dishes. Yeah. So the space is not there for you to really have a conversation because you're wondering about another question. You're not wondering about the question. But yeah. if you have a card game, if you're like, hey, let's have a conversation. Here's the book and here's questions. Let's go through it. Now the space has been created that we're going to have a conversation. There's going to be questions presented. Neither of us are making up questions. This is actually coming from a random card game or the app that we have or the book. And now the space is created to answer and arguably more importantly, at least for me, it's to receive. Right. Hmm. And so I think that's, that's kind of what we led to. So when, when they said, what are the 12 questions? So I wanted to put the prescription of what my team and I have learned of how to hold the space over 10 years for 12 parents. What, what has worked? Why does it work? And the two parts are create the space and create well-constructed questions in, in, a, in, a, in the right sequence. That's what's in the book. And I can talk about what is a well-constructed question in, in terms of relationship. Also, what's a good question that you ask yourself? But fundamentally, I just want to throw out there that in relationships and in our personal life and in pretty much Western society, we are trained to have answers, right? And oftentimes, it's not the answer that matters. It's the question you're asking. And when you're banging your head against a problem or with your partner, maybe you're asking the wrong question. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to solve it with the answer over and over again, stop and spend more time on the question. So for example, I just heard this from the Esther Perel podcast that she did. She says, you know, often people are like, why are we fighting? Why are we, what are we fighting about? What if you swap to what are we fighting for? Right? Mm -hmm. I thought that's a great pivot. So it's different framing of questions. Okay. And when we ask that to our partners, it gives us an opportunity to reshape our relationship or, or explore home, you know, spaces in the home of a relationship that we haven't before. Right. And so you you did mention um, some of the characteristics of creating that space, because I absolutely agree with you. I mean, of course, the questions are important, but where those questions occur is maybe even more important. So you mentioned having the right mindset, creating the space, the one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, one thing is don't be pressured that you have to exit somewhere, right? Sometimes you have a, you know, what, what we do in relationships or what we do in life in terms of when we hit discomfort is we have a tendency to speed up yeah. because you want to get through the pain. That's exactly what you should not be doing. Slow down, slow down. You know, if they say an, a, um, an image is worth a thousand words, an emotion is worth a thousand thoughts. So instead of describing an image with a thousand words, or instead of describing and processing an emotion with a thousand thoughts, just sit in that emotion, let it in, breathe it, and then let it go. When an emotion comes, you got two options. It's either push it away or like let it in, but then let it go. 
And if you do the let in and letting go, and, you, and what I mean by that is if you do that, then you can get through things. You can get through things, right? And, and in the scope of relationship, when there's discomfort, we kind of speed up. Oh, I got to talk about this because there's conflict. We speed up. We're actually avoiding pushing away the discomfort. And there's a great deal of opportunity in the discomfort. There's actually an opportunity for growth. What I like to say is the path to growth is lit by your discomfort and your fears. So pursue them wherever they appear. Right. And in the scope of relationship, if you can sit in that and slow down, there's a great deal of growth that can happen to your relationship, making it more resilient, more sustainable, and more um, fulfilling. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Most of us spend more time at work than anywhere else doing anything else. So why not spend that time in a job you love? Introducing Triad's Jobs Marketplace, the only job site dedicated specifically to behavioral and mental health professionals. Featuring more than 1,000 open jobs from dozens of behavioral and mental health employers and searchable by location, professional field, employment type, specialization, and more. Jobs Marketplace helps you find your next career opportunity. Full-time, part-time, or gig-time, make the most of your time. To access Jobs Marketplace, register for your free professional account at hellotriad.com bht. That's hellotriad.com slash B-H-T, and then click to Jobs Marketplace. If you're already a member of the Triad community, visit app.hellotriad.com slash jobs. That's app.hellotriad.com slash jobs. Visit us today and take your next career step tomorrow. Absolutely. And you mentioned this as well, some of the barriers to having deeper conversations. I know I didn't necessarily grow up in a household. I'm from the South and I didn't grow up in a household or, or a culture even that was open to answering questions or openly talking about questions and letting the discomfort sit or sitting with that level of discomfort. What yeah. are some of those barriers and how do you think that the and or your 12 questions helps relieve those for people? Well, I think one of the barriers is discomfort mm -hmm. or, you know, fear of being rejected or it's too hard or what's the payoff? Like, why do we have to have a conversation so that we get to some, like, why, why even go through the journey of having an uncomfortable conversation? Because what's on the flip side? On the flip side is more expansiveness. On the flip side is more comfort with the person you're with. On the flip side is greater trust and respect for the person with Think about a fight you've had with someone, a disagreement, I should say, right? Mm -hmm. Where if you have faced it on the other side of that, you actually have a stronger relationship with them. Absolutely. Right? I've been through the war. I've been through the trenches with them. I've been through the mud with them. And what grows out of the mud? Lotus. Lotuses, mm -hmm. right? And I also think in our culture, where are we taught to have hard conversations? Is there a class that teaches you that? Maybe young people these days get it in, I don't know, because we're more consciously aware. I'm not sure. But when I grew up, there definitely wasn't a class no. 101 hard conversations. No. And I think, I think that's one value of the offering of the book. I think that's one opportunity for us in relationships that to have those difficult conversations. And you ask, what's the stumbling block? One of the stumbling blocks is our confusion between discomfort and safety. I think this is important, right? 
oftentimes when you feel uncomfortable, you feel unsafe. Mm. But you're not necessarily unsafe. And it's really important to make that distinction. If you are unsafe in a relationship, do not have these conversations. You're with a toxic relationship. This is not going to help. This is not going to give more agency to yourself or to your relationship. But make, but don't confuse discomfort with, you know, safety. It's not safe. Don't make right. So maybe you're speaking to someone that a friend, a parent, where you have a certain mutual trust and respect that we are on the same journey. We want to have a good relationship. We're trying to build something together. Whether it's a business, a friendship, uh, a family. But we have to face some uncomfortable conversations. Absolutely. So when those that discomfort comes, great. Because on the flip side of that discomfort, when you lift that stone, there's actually a golden nugget. There's something new there. There's actually a new power to your relationship, a deeper connection, a more resilient, sustainable thing. So don't confuse discomfort and safety. If you feel unsafe, then you should probably be out of the relationship, right? Or you need to do other type of work to, to create safety in the relationship. Of course, we cannot give all of our listeners every tidbit, but I am curious, what are some of the questions from your book? Well, I'll just give the big bang. I'll just drop, like, we have structured this question. There's 12 questions that are structured in a certain way. The first three are about the past. It's about why is, why is the past? Because it reminds you of your love. It reminds you of your connection. It reminds you of your shared experiences and synergies and values that you share together in the connection. Then we move into conflict, the next three questions. How do we handle them? What's the lessons from them? And then we move into kind of the, the climax was most vulnerable, which is question seven, which is, you know, what is the pain in me you wish you could heal and why? That's deep. Right? What's the pain? And, and I thought a lot about this and I, I believe that you can't actually heal someone else's pain. What you can do is hold the space for them to have their own healing. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we try to heal someone, fix someone else, and that's actually not the helpful thing. That's my opinion. And I think the you know, jury's still out on that, but I think it's a powerful question because it gives the, both people to acknowledge that individual trauma or pain that that person might have. And the, by law of association as your partner, that they're witnessing that. And they by sense feel it, but they know that they can't actually necessarily fix it. All they can do is hold a space for you to be on your own healing journey. Absolutely. So that's, that's a powerful question to play around. And each chapter in the book with a question I pull up the threads of why I think that question A works. What aspect of a relationship does that pull? What thread of a relationship does that pull? Does that question pull from? And also I cite from our massive library, 1,200 particip- uh, pairs, you know, a moment or two from other case studies. And there's a right. QR code in the book so that you can actually see a pair, ask that question, and have that conversation. Nice. And okay. if you listen to the audio book, it's me reading it, but you also actually hear the people in conversation. Oh, cool. Okay. Beautiful. So that's cool. And I think, you know, another question is, the last question is, why do you love me? I brought that up as an example. You know, at the end is the 12th question. You've gone through this whole journey. After the climax, it comes to like, let's offer gratitude in the teaching and learnings we offer each other in this dance of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And the last two is to answer questions that often we wait till the end of life or something really bad to happen. But, you know, to have these things, to ask this question, to have this conversation, let's not wait till the end. Let's not wait till it's too late. Let's have that conversation now which is question 11, you know, if this were to be our last conversation, what what do you want me to know? What do you want to tell me? You know, the 12th question is, why do you love me? And that, why do you love me can be so powerful after you've gone through this whole journey. Everything else. Everything else, right? So you would suggest that, let's say a couple start at chapter one with question one and then work through the entire book together? Yeah. So there's two ways to 
we constructed the book. One is read the book through and have an idea of why this works. The other one is to read part one and part three. Part one is creating the space. Part three is troubleshooting conflict and issues. So you read those two, then you sit down and you just ask the questions and go through the sequence and have your experience. And then read part, the middle part, which is the 12 questions and why they work to understand why does this thing work? What are the questions? Why did I just have the experience I had? Or you could read the whole book through, have an understanding, and then go have the experience. That's how we constructed the book. Two kind of ways you can, you could, you could journey down. Okay. So I'm sure these conversations occur like many others where there may be a moment where someone does not want to continue. The conversation becomes too maybe disruptive to them or Mm -hmm. painful for them to continue. How does someone maintain connection through that type of disruption? Well, I think number one is it's really difficult to create the space for this exploration, this conversation, if you have an agenda if you're trying to fix the other person and if you're trying to force them to to react and have a response that you want like that you want to have or that you, you know why aren't they as talkative as i am why are they not you know as articulate as i am because we all have different ways of communicating and verbalizing your feelings which i call emotional articulation putting words to emotions is one way of expressing your love but you know there's many ways to express your love one of them is with words but there's also presence gifts acts of service right i think that when you embark into the space, part of the creating the space is that you don't have an agenda. And that one of the rules is that you do not have to answer every question. Okay. You allow the human to be human. You allow them to be who they are. Like when we film in the end and I sit in production and when we suggest to all the readers who participate, don't have an expectation of how it should be. Accept what it is and experience it. And you can have this conversation over and over again. And your partner, maybe in the beginning, does not want to talk. They're not practice at it. But just like riding a bike, you start practicing, you get good at it. You get better at it. You can explore deeper. And that's one beautiful thing of watching all the videos on the end is you can watch these other people have conversations go, oh, wow, look at how they're expressing themselves. Look at how they're responding to that. Oh, maybe I can practice that. Maybe I could incorporate that into my relationship, into my communication strategies and tools. So for me, I think what's important is that when we have these kind of conversations, which are exploratory, which are, we don't have to end up with the result. We don't have to end up with the result you want. Let that go. Let it be. When we do a production, I tell my directors that they go, oh, Topaz is not really going the way, you know, we want it to go. I'm like, hold on. Since when do we want it to go anyway? Humans are humans. What's important here is to let them be humans. Let them be who, who they are. So maybe you find yourself in conversation with your partner. I'm speaking to the listener here. And they're not responding like you want them to. And instead of thinking about why they're not responding, why not look at yourself and go, why do I want them to respond in a certain way? What am I holding on to? How am I not seeing them clearly by holding up to an expectation? How am I not ex- accepting them? And even by accepting them by who they are, instead of trying to have them be someone else or respond in a certain way. And I think that by exploring that, you also, and if you can look at that and come up with more curiosity of letting it be what it is, then that creates a space for you to have to enter the space more often. Your partner who doesn't want to talk or have, they'll probably become more and more comfortable and more and more practice at having this conversation. Okay. And so you're mentioning, I think, what what the version of success looks like. What is that power, powerful conversations and human connections? Like, what does that look like? How do you feel like success is in those types of power relationships? I don't 
know what success looks like. What I know is what something feels like and something feels that you feel a sense of humanity. You feel that you're not alone. You feel a sense of love. But to me, love is not an emotion. It's an act. It's a practice. And the journey to that through that practice is communicating one of them, as I said. And so I think one sign, if you're asking what success is, is that how much discomfort can the relationship sit in? How much of a challenge can it go through? One of our questions is, what's our biggest challenge right now? And what do you think it's teaching us? Which is reframing the problem. It's not saying what's our biggest fight. It's not asking why do we fight so much. It's saying, what's our biggest challenge right now? It's a challenge, which could be an opportunity right now, because we know that right now it's what it is. And next week, next month, next year, it'll be another challenge. And what do you think it's teaching us? Because it's an opportunity for us to grow. And by asking questions like that, can you and your partner in a relationship, whoever it is, and by the way, this is not just for romantic, it's anybody you're intimate with, not just romantically. Be your father, be your brother, be your coworker, be your sister, your child. Can you sit in the discomfort, feel through those emotions, not cognitively processing them to kind of come up with solutions? Can you sit there, feel it? And just by virtue of that, of being present to each other and going through it, builds a more sustainable relationship. You can weather more storms. You can have Absolutely. deeper, you know, more expansive experiences together. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate that you mentioned that it is not just for intimate partner relationships or, or, you know, couples or spouses, but also any type of relationship that you were in, especially, you know, family, parents, all of that. So maybe even with yourself, I did see that there was a self-care um, box of questions as well. So yes, yeah, um, that's actually one of my favorites is right here. This is, mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Okay. So is there like a hallmark story, a story that can help our listeners really take home what the 12 questions are, what the end, what that type of experience can be for them? I recommend people check out the video that was just released this past Wednesday, Laura and Brad, Brad and Laura. This, is, this was one of the most moving for me that I can remember. They both have been together some 25, 26 years. A year ago, they lost their 18-year-old their son. He just died in the shower. They have no idea how. It was not drugs, not a heart attack. He just, it's this freak thing that happened. If you watch it, you'll see there's some profound, beautiful nuggets of wisdom and life wisdom and vulnerability and courage that Laura and Brad show that really moved me. And what really moved me was when I read the questionnaire, Brad has been a Marine for 14 years. And he says that coming on to the end and having the conversation is probably the scariest thing he's ever done in his life. But he knows that if he doesn't do the conversation, he doesn't have the conversation, he might lose the greatest love of his life. Wow. And Laura told me, you know, after their son died, it was obviously, as you can imagine, it was just so challenging. And every time she wanted to talk to her husband, he just couldn't handle He just didn't want to talk. He would go for a drive and she was losing him. She said, I needed to share my emotion. I needed to share with someone and I couldn't share with him. And, and somehow they got the healing deck, a healing deck I hold in my hand. I'm showing you now this one. Mm -hmm. And they started playing it. And that helped a lot. The thing that moves me most is the fact that we've built a channel, a brand, a format that two people who've gone that in less than a year, because we filmed in November, it just was released this past Wednesday that they would step into the space and share themselves with us and trust us. That's a huge compliment. It's also a great deal of responsibility. And that means that I think we're doing quality work that is helping people. Because I can only imagine 
And I said, Brad, Laura, why, why are you guys doing this? He said, listen, we didn't get out of bed for three days after. We couldn't. And you'll see in the video. But sometime in the first week, someone sent them an email who had also lost someone very, like a child or someone really important in life who's dealing with grief and said, here's what you need to do. You need to eat, you need to drink, you need to get out of bed. And if they didn't get that, they would have been under a journey. And they said, so therefore we know that by having this conversation, other families, other individuals who are going through similar challenges will find help, will find support, will find inspiration, will find solace. And that's an incredible honor that we have a project that can do that for so many people. And before we finish up today, where can our listeners learn more about you, about your book, 12 Questions for Love, A Guide to Intimate Conversations and Deep Relationships? Where can they learn more about Skin Deep? Where can they learn more about your work in general? So I, I would just direct everyone to theskindeep.com. All our social media channels are basically The Skin Deep. I think Instagram is the underscore skin deep. YouTube, it's The Skin Deep. I would go there, take a look. My personal website, topazitesis.com. But that's not really the focus. I think all our work, all our projects, it's it's on our social media channels of the Skin Deep and our website. So there are people there. And then you can buy hardcover, ebook, audiobook, anywhere you get your books. It's, it's everywhere. Awesome. Awesome. I cannot wait to read it. And right. is there a final word you want to leave us with before we finish today? No, just thank you for your time. Thank you for your audience's time, for the listener. I hope this is helpful. And I and I wish everyone a wonderful journey of amplifying your life experience by unlocking the relationships in your life by asking quality questions. Thank you very, very much, Topaz. I really appreciate speaking with you today and I look forward to learning more about those 12 questions. Great. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining Topaz and me today for our conversation. The resources for this episode and an archive of all of our other episodes can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash bht. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you back with us on Behavioral Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.